0: Hello and welcome back to the Middling Along podcast. My guest this time is Dr Nicola Conlon from Nucido. Uh, She's a scientist specialising in the study of healthy ageing and has a passion for sharing the latest breakthroughs with a skill for translating science in a digestible and engaging way, encouraging people to age well and achieve their optimal life experience. Welcome to the podcast Nicola.
1: Hi Emma, thank you so much for inviting me on. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, we're very happy to have you. So one of the uh, menopause symptoms that perhaps causes the greatest amount of distress uh, to people is is brain fog, and and often I've certainly multiple times I've heard people say that you know that they been so sort of sideswiped by that 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 they actually think they're experiencing some kind of early onset dementia or something so maybe we can kick off by talking a little bit about that and and, you know why is that something that comes in and sort of sideswipes us at at this time of life what's going on (laughs) in the brain
1: absolutely and I think one of the reasons why it's such an issue for people and people are sideswiped by it is because people don't really understand you know how, how can my hormones make me go into a shop and forget what on earth I went in for? Mm. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. You've got these hormones that were traditionally led to believe are sex hormones that are regulating our fertility. So why have they got anything to do with forgetfulness and brain fog? And I think it's, it's only recently that this has really started to be identified of, of what is, what is actually happening. Mm-hmm. And I think a a key understanding now is that our hormones, especially estrogen, progesterone, they aren't just sex hormones. They actually do a lot of different things within the body. So within our bodies, on on a lot of our cells, we have what are known as receptors. And what estrogen does is it binds to these estrogen receptors on our cells. And then it activates a lot of different downstream cellular processes. And a lot of cells in our bodies have these estrogen receptors. And what's been found is that there are a particular part of our cells, which are known as mitochondria, Mm -hmm. which sit inside our cells and they basically are like little powerhouses that make all of the energy that all the cells in our body need to function i'm casting my mind back to biology a level
0: (laughs) this is exactly it
1: it's a total science lesson so bear with me though bear with me so these little mitochondria basically are are producing all our energy across all the cells in our body and it's been found that they actually have a lot of receptors for estrogen Mm. and what this means is that for these these mitochondria to produce our energy they actually need a continuous supply of estrogen so you can imagine that we're we're going along quite nicely throughout life. Then all of a sudden, you know, we hit perimenopause and our estrogen really starts to dip. And these mitochondrial powerhouses that have been so used to relying on estrogen suddenly don't have it anymore. So energy production starts to go down. Now, this is a whole problem across the whole body, which we can talk about, but in particular for the brain. Because our brain needs a lot of energy it's an organ that is constantly demanding energy obviously because it you know it's it's constantly working Mm. and we have I think it's estimated to be around 86 billion neurons in our brain and each of those has 2 million mitochondria
0: whoa that's a lot (laughs) and that means it's
1: relying on a lot of estrogen (laughs) So all of a sudden, when we're going to perimenopause and menopause and our estrogen suddenly massively declines, all of those little mitochondria don't have their supply anymore and they start to get turned down. And what that means is that they're not producing energy as efficiently. So our brain is literally getting starved of the energy that it usually has to help it function. And studies have shown that during menopause, Women can get about a 15 to 25% reduction in the metabolic function of the brain. So that's a reduction in brain energy. So that's huge. Wow, you know, is the brain, really brain is. Energy suddenly switched off.
0: And it, so this, and it can it can it can it kind of so my understanding is that, that the estrogen kind of ebbs and flows as well at the same time as it's declining. So you have that thing where you, one day you might feel fine and reasonably energetic and on top of things kind of cognition wise and then the next day might be completely different
1: exactly this so it, it can go up and down but in general the mm. obviously the trend yeah. is down but yeah you you really do notice it when that um, estrogen's low meaning that your mitochondria can't make their energy and th- so this is thought to be one of the main reasons why we we experience brain fog And I think it's important to note as well that actually oestrogen does have a protective effect on the brain as well, and so does progesterone. And this is because it actually helps to create neural connections within the brain, so in the formation of new memories. And also it's known to stimulate areas of the brain involved in, in memory and learning. And again, this is a reason why we find it more difficult to remember things, can become more forgetful. So the brain is um, is really influenced by our hormones, and you know this is why brain fog is is one of the major symptoms.
0: Well wow. Okay. So we're we're not we're not going crazy, not necessarily no. early onset dementia. But this, is, I guess, in some ways, this is a sort of planned in, you know, part of biological aging. But are there things that, that we can do to kind of to, to counteract that?
1: Yeah, I think anything that is actually going to improve the health of your mitochondria mm-hmm. is a good thing to do. So so as I mentioned earlier, it's it's not just brain fog and brain energy that mitochondria are involved with. It's actually energy across our whole bodies. So a, another complaint that, that a lot of women tend to find is that hitting perimenopause, they, they start to notice a, a dip in their energy. Mm-hmm. You know, they just don't have the same amount of energy that they used to. Things seem to take it out of them easier. Um, and obviously this is difficult because it, it coincides with a time in, in a person's life when they're actually there's more demand from them as well, you know, in terms of work and family and parents and It's really a time when you could do with some extra energy but again our mitochondria aren't just important in our brain they're important across our whole bodies and if they start to not function as well that means that we're just not getting the same amount of energy from the same amount of food that we always eat Mm -hmm. they're just not functioning as well so anything that can be done um, to actually improve the function of our mitochondria Is always a good thing. And you know, we we can go all into (laughs) exactly how how you could do that. But it's it's interesting because you you just touched on another thing there, which is I think you said age, that you know, aging. Because the other thing that's really interesting in terms of menopause is it's linked to how well or how not so well a person will age.
0: Yeah, so we do, you know, I think it sort of coincides with the time where we're also, for example, losing a lot of the collagen. So we'll start to notice more sort of differences in skin and hair and sort of maybe have issues with joints and tendons, that kind of thing. But are there any kind of other areas that are sort of tied into that sort of acceleration with the the drop in hormones?
1: Absolutely. So so my so obviously I'm a scientist and my specific area of expertise is actually aging mm-hmm. um, and what's actually going on within our cells as we get older to cause all the signs and symptoms that are associated with aging. Because although we talk about aging as this external thing quite often, it's actually things that are happening deep within our bodies that are causing all these external symptoms. And recently there's been some studies that demonstrate that menopause and the change in hormones during menopause can impact something called biological age. So biological age or biological aging is the rate at which you are actually aging on the inside as opposed to your chronological age which is your birthday you know how long you've been around the number of candles on your birthday cake and the interesting thing is is that scientists seem to find that your biological age doesn't necessarily always match up with your chronological age.
0: Right.
1: So somebody, for example, could be 40. um, And when we measure the biological age inside their cells, we could find that their biological age is actually more like 50, which is obviously a bad thing because they are, shows that they're actually aging faster than they should be. On the flip side What you can find is that 40-year-old may have the biological age of a 30-year-old when you look at their cells, which is obviously a really good thing because it shows the aging slower. So whilst the numbers obviously look good or bad, for a scientist, it was really exciting because what it showed to us was that your age is not fixed. Mm -hmm. It showed that, you know, there's something going on inside of your cells that can actually speed it up or slow it down. Whereas for a long time, it was believed there was nothing you could do about aging. It was, you know, it's tied to your chronological age and that was it so we started to investigate biological age and look at things that could actually speed up or slow down the rate of your biological aging and this is where hormones comes into it <laughs> because unfortunately for women our decline in hormones does not do any favor for our biological age so studies have demonstrated and you're gonna hate me for this and all you listeners.
0: Here comes the bad news. Hopefully there's some good news coming later. (laughs) some good news.
1: Yeah, get through the bad bit first. But basically, it's been found that they they basically took a group of women and they measured the biological age, very start of perimenopause, Mm -hmm. and then tracked it six months during that hormone shift, during perimenopause. And they found that in just six months, the rate of biological aging in women could
0: increase by nine years. Wow. And that's just in six months when, when we know that perimenopause can, can go on for several years. And that
1: was just six months of it. Yeah. Okay. And so other, other studies have shown that in general, the, the, the rate of aging in women doubles during this time. And in some women, they can experience up to 20 years added onto the biological age during the menopause phase. So, so that's huge. And what that shows to us is that hormones really do have a huge impact on your health because age is the biggest risk factor for a lot of things. And that shows us that it's really, really important to look at, at ways to try and counteract this. But the good news is that biological age, unlike your chronological age, is entirely reversible. Ah, okay. So your chronological age, you stuck with. You can lie about it <laughs> that's it <laughs> but biological age you can actually reverse it and it's been shown there's various different things you can do that'll actually help reverse this level of biological aging but this is one of the reasons why a lot of women say do you know what I feel like I've aged 10 years like I've hit menopause and I feel like I've aged and, and this is probably you know hmm. one of the reasons why they're experiencing this this feeling
0: when you're talking about biological age what are the kind of the markers that that you're looking at to measure and report on that
1: so there's there's different ways you can measure it but um one of the the really common ones is looking at something called your epigenetic age Mm -hmm. and what this means is basically you've got your genes and they're like in every single cell in your body and they're the instruction guide that makes your whole body up and you're born with your genes they don't change however you've got something called your epigenetics which is basically the patterns of which of those genes are switched on and off at different times and um the way that your cells switch on and off different genes at different times is they, they attach these little tags, they're like little markers that get attached and removed from genes to tell a cell to switch them on and off. And when we're young, we've got a very specific pattern of these markers, but then as we get older, this drifts to a different pattern. Mm-hmm. So you can take somebody's cells and you can look at the pattern of these markers on their genes and tell or predict very closely now what their age should be. So these are now, they're available as commercial kits. So consumers can actually do them. So it's not just something that we as scientists can do in labs anymore. You can actually buy these kits wow. and do a finger prick blood test and measure your biological age.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure I want to know, but it's, I mean, I'm, it, it's incredible that, that we can do that. It's,
1: it's really exciting. And I think a lot of people go, oh my goodness, I'm not really sure. I'd want to know what my biological age is. But the really good thing about things like this and these sort of advances is it means that we've got something measurable, Mm -hmm. something that's good, good science behind it that we can do quite easily, that can be used to track if different lifestyle changes or diet changes or supplements or whatever that may be, if we start implementing things into our daily routines, we can actually see if it's doing something. Because unfortunately, up until now, people have had to try different things mm-hmm. and rely on blind faith that it's going to work or you know how they're feeling or to track things but this does this does mean there's there's ways now that that can be used to quite robustly you know measure if something that you've changed mm-hmm. in your lifestyle to try and improve your health is actually having a real impact on the inside because it's the inside that that really does count when it comes to aging
0: yeah so you were talking about being able to sort of wind back the clock if you like it and sort of optimize your biological age and you've sort of touched on lifestyle changes so presumably things like your nutrition and exercise and whether you're smoking drinking stress imagine there's quite there's also quite a big one but but what are the other things that that you know from your research actually make a difference so
1: the ones you've just mentioned so 20% is your genetics. Mm -hmm. So hard to change. 80% actually is the lifestyle. So all the things you've just said makes up 80% of what is going to impact your biological age. So what that again shows is that there's things you can do and there is promise, (laughs) you know, it's not a given it's, it's up to you to be able to, to impact your own health. So I think that's, that's a positive thing. And All of the latest research shows that anything that you can do to improve the health of your cells, either before you hit menopause to make sure they're in optimal condition to be able to deal with it Mm -hmm. or during or even after anything that you can do to improve your cellular health has a really big impact on how you will feel, how the symptoms will hit you. Mm -hmm. So for example, take your mitochondria. So if you are somebody who's generally unhealthy, you, you're, you're more likely to have mitochondria that don't function as well to begin with. And then when you hit menopause and you've already got, you know, mitochondria that aren't functioning as well, and then you get the loss of estrogen, that's going to hit you even harder. So anything that you can do to improve mitochondrial function before that is, is really, really important. Anything that you can do to reduce inflammation in your body. So biological age and a lot of the the sort of symptoms that that we experience are linked to the level of, of inflammation that you have in your body. And as we get older, it's found that we get an increase in the level of chronic low-grade inflammation that's just naturally mm-hmm. there in our bodies. And this has been found to pay, play havoc, particularly with our biological age. And it's thought that one of the reasons why a woman's biological age increases so much during menopause is because their levels of inflammation go up because guess what oestrogen regulates a woman's (laughs) immune system (laughs) and unfortunately not in a good way so when we think oh if it's it's turning up your immune system you think well i'm going to be you know immune from lots of diseases and things unfortunately it doesn't alter it in that way what it does is it makes it chronically overactivated so you, it's firing out inflammation all the time when it, it shouldn't be mm-hmm. and this impacts biological age so again things that you can do to to lower inflammation and actually one one really interesting way that's been found to, to do this recently is is diet but specifically look at improving your gut health
0: there's a huge amount coming out now isn't there yeah. and um yeah i think it's it um, tim Spector's uh, yes. app and the book that he's written which is on my two massive to read list but um <laughs> But yeah, there's definitely more and more, more research going on and, and more that we can do ourselves yeah. reasonably easily, even, even as you say, just, just in terms of what we're eating that is kind of impacting on that gut microbiome to, in a positive way.
1: Yeah, because if you can improve the the gut health, what's been shown is that it actually improves inflammation or lowers chronic inflammation throughout the whole body. And it's been found that simply by increasing the variety in your diet. So um, I think one study showed that if you could introduce or eat 30 different plants mm-hmm. every week which sounds like a lot <laughs> but actually it's not
0: the that. Good, I think the good news is that spices and herbs and things like yeah, that, spices, that spices, cow,
1: herbs, and nuts. nuts, you know <laughs> yeah you can easily get it in a couple of salads and smoothies and fruit salads and things like that it actually was shown to improve um, the levels of chronic inflammation and also reverse biological age mm. So that's quite a simple thing.
0: Yeah. What, so what, when you, when we're talking about inflammation, I think it's quite hard to kind of wrap your head around in terms of, I mean, obviously if you, you know, you've got an infected cut or something and your fingers inflamed, that's a very visible sign of inflammation. But what, what does it actually, what changes does it kind of bring about at that sort of cellular level that are not good for us? It, it's kind
1: of putting the body into a, a constant state of overactivity. Right. um you know obviously inflammation is something that is designed to suddenly get switched on mm-hmm. do its job and then get turned off right but as we get older what happens is it it just becomes that that activation kind of just keeps creeping on 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 to the point where the body's always sort of thinking it's fighting something so if it's and busy like, doing stuff over there it's not doing some of the good stuff it could be doing somewhere yeah. else yeah exactly that and inflammation has almost a i also say it's a bit like a, a rotten apple effect when when one cell becomes inflamed it sends out a load of factors that go to the nearby cells that then makes them inflamed and then they start because so it's kind of like this escalating problem because inflammation is not you know something it is something that goes in the blood it's factors that travel between cells so it's not localized Mm -hmm. and that's the problem of why it hits you know the whole body in one go so it's it's always good to to try and do anything you can to to reduce this this inflammation now one of the things that's that's really interesting that um is something I'm I'm a particular expert in in terms of aging is something called NAD.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So this is something that's been identified to be not only um important for our mitochondria, but also for looking at inflammation as well. And and basically NAD, it's it's a natural molecule that's found in every single cell in our bodies. And do we, do we
0: manufacture it or?
1: yeah okay. our bodies make it right so, so it doesn't come from food nope okay. it's made within our bodies and it's so important in our bodies that if we didn't have it we'd literally be dead in 30 seconds
0: okay
1: and that's <laughs> yeah it's pretty scary and again if you think right the way back to biology lessons mm-hmm. it's involved in something you may you may recognize it called the krebs cycle mm-hmm. and this is basically something that happens within our mitochondria to turn the food that we eat into the energy that our cells need to function. So NAD is critical for normal mitochondrial function. The other thing it's really important for is for switching on a lot of repair processes within our cells. Okay. So those two things are obviously really, really important. They're, they're really important when it comes to healthy aging. And what's been found is that our NAD levels naturally decrease as we get older. So when we're young, we've got really high levels, but as we get older, they gradually decline. Now, this is a problem because if your NAD is declining, it means that it's not there to help your mitochondria function. And it's also not there to switch on any repair from any damage that happens.
0: And and you're going to tell me now that that gets accelerated at menopause as well. (laughs) uh, Do
1: you know what? We we don't know. Okay. The the studies haven't been done for that. But what we do know is that it's very bad timing because (laughs) at the time when your estrogen is declining and impacting your mitochondrial function and many other things in the body. Right. Also at a time when you really start to see NAD decline as well does it is, is it a sort of steady
0: decline or does it is it is it hard to, to know and it's a bit more of an exponential decline unfortunately <laughs> okay. so
1: no. it's, it's estimated this the studies seem to show that your nad halves every 20 years so even by the time you're 20 you've already lost half the nad that you had when you were born then that amounts halved again by 40, halved again by wow.
0: 60, and so on. So when I'm looking at my kids going, where did they get all their energy from? Yeah, <laughs> it's that, exactly that. that.
1: where they get it from, NAD, <laughs> okay. yeah, NAD. And um, basically, so so that's bad news, you know, it's declining with age, it's not great. So scientists said, okay, what happens if we don't let NAD decline? Because it's really important. So let's just keep it topped up, or alternatively, in older people where it has declined, let's restore it, and they found it could be done quite simply with with a dietary supplement. And in these studies, they basically demonstrated that by restoring NAD, it had a huge impact on your mitochondrial function, on the levels of inflammation in the body, in energy production, in repair, Um, every single bit of the body that they looked at, it was found to have a benefit, which again makes sense because it's found in every single cell. So it's going to impact any cell that it has a decline in. And it's also going to have a positive impact when you top it up again. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in some of these cells, when they were looking at them, they literally, after the NAD had been restored, couldn't tell the difference between the old and the young cells anymore, that there was that much, um, repair and rejuvenation in the cells. So it's been a, a really, really exciting area of research. And even more exciting because it's something that you can actually easily do something about. So NAD can be restored with supplements, but as well as supplements, there are lifestyle things that can be used to boost NAD.
0: Yay, some good news. Yeah. So, you
1: know, when, um, they say, oh, going for the, going to the gym is good for you. (laughs) Well, actually one of the things that exercise does is it actually switches on one of the enzymes in your cell that makes NAD so it's very well known now that's a lot of the benefits of exercise are actually because your body's making more NAD which means it's improving the cellular health. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's found to improve um, NAD levels is, is fasting. So intermittent fasting is something that's, that's become quite popular yeah. lately okay. um, and rightly so because it, it has a huge amount of health benefits and again it's been found that the reason that, NAD, that they have these health benefits is because it increases the levels of NAD in the cell and the sort of science behind these two things is that what happens is both exercise and fasting put your cells in like a state of energy stress. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden your cells have less energy. So they're like, oh my goodness. stop running around. Better better make some more. We need to do something. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So they basically switch on a lot of the pathways that are designed to protect and repair and produce more energy in the cells so that the cells can survive this period of stress. And one of the main things to switch on is nad production
0: mm-hmm. and is there i'm assuming correct me if i'm wrong is there a lot of research ongoing in terms of how much or how little uh, fasting is optimal to keep those nad levels yeah
1: so i think it, it kind of varies in, in for between men and women mm-hmm. Traditionally, all clinical research and testing has been done on men. <laughs> so um, it was always advised that you to, to have, a, have this sort of benefit, you would have to fast for at least 16 hours. However, later research now shows that in women, it seems to be um, a shorter time period, more like at least 12 hours. Mm-hmm. And you know, twelve hours isn't that long. It's not, is um, this is literally meaning just have your, your evening a meal a bit earlier and have your breakfast a bit later. You know, if you had your last meal at eight pm at night and then didn't have anything else until eight pm, eight am next morning, then you've done it. So, unfortunately, I think one thing, one thing I like to tell people is our bodies are very, very good at repairing themselves mm-hmm. and looking after themselves. But with the lifestyles that we live at the minute, they don't get a chance to activate any of these natural mechanisms that they have inside of themselves because we're constantly eating (laughs) every couple of hours because we're told snacking is good for us. You know, we're we're sitting down all day because a lot of our jobs unfortunately are office-based. And this is not what our bodies are designed for. Our bodies are are still designed the way our ancestors lived, which was, you know, going for long periods without food or actually running around trying to hunt for some food. (laughs) So, So if we can do lifestyle practices that actually switch on some of these pathways and boost things like NAD, you can actually really help to improve your cellular health, which includes, you know, improving your mitochondrial function, improving your biological age, all of those things are really key to helping deal with some of the symptoms
0: mm-hmm. of the menopause. And you um, founded Nuchido specifically to look at um, supplementation of NAD, is that right?
1: Yeah, so, so my company, Nuchido, um, it, we, we have an NAD supplement. Um, so my background is actually, I used to work in drug development, mm-hmm developing drugs to slow aging which seems pretty crazy but actually age is our biggest risk factor for all the major diseases that people suffer and the idea is if you can improve your cellular health or slow aging at a cellular level even just a little bit you can have a big impact on a lot of um, diseases and improve what we call your health span which is the proportion of your life that you're going to live in good health and this is where you know I very first came across NAD and its benefits. And what I realized when I worked in drug development is that a lot of things that were actually good at boosting NAD didn't have to be drugs. They could be things that were supplements. Mm-hmm. And in, in fact, that stands for, for a lot of things that are good for us. A lot of people believe that only drugs will work. <laughs> um, but actually your body has no idea what is a drug, what is a supplement, what is a nutrient they all have really powerful physiological effects. You've just got to be able to use them in the right way or formulate them in the right way. So I founded Nichito with this idea of, could we bring some of this really cool latest science, but bring it into the world of supplements and have supplements that existed that actually had good science behind them, unlike a lot of supplements, which unfortunately don't, <laughs> um, and also have good testing. So we we basically developed a, a supplement that's designed to boost NAD levels um, we used the same type of research that we did in drug development to develop it um, we did clinical testing double-blinded placebo-controlled testing which is pretty much unheard of in terms of yeah. supplements to, to really um, try and bring out products that actually are going to have an impact and the, the reason that you know we became so interested in menopause actually was because a lot of our customers who were in uh, perimenopause or menopause
0: had such great results with things like the brain fog that we were yeah. started out talking about.
1: Exactly that. So you know the brain fog, the the energy, the mm-hmm. sleep. You know the, some of the top complaints that are symptoms of menopause. When people started using our product and and actually boosting the levels of NAD, they saw a huge improvement. And this led us to actually start looking. Okay, you know this wasn't something. We, we designed this for aging yeah. in general, but we started looking into it more. And that's when it, it became very apparent that actually estrogens having a huge impact on your mitochondrial function. Mm-hmm. It's having a huge impact on your biological age. All of the things that we study in terms of aging, your oestrogen your levels are critical for it. So anything that you can do to improve how you're aging by improving your cellular health also has a double role of impacting on all the menopause symptoms. So we're, we're actually going to be doing a trial that's specifically looking at how um, how how women's symptoms improve, because it's great having some anecdotal evidence about the supplement, but we want, as yeah. scientists, some real data. Um, so we're going to be measuring some people's biological age, you know, before... Um, and after and seeing if we can actually
0: reverse that fantastic which uh,
1: we're hopeful we'll be able to
0: that's amazing when when do you think your your results from that study might be so wow. we
1: are just starting to, to get it all set up. Mm-hmm. We'll, be, we'll be doing the supplementation for at least six months. Mm-hmm. That's usually how long it would take to see a, a good shift in, in biological age. And um, We do have some data from our other study that suggests that it will reverse biological age, but this was done in, in men and women mm-hmm. over age 20 to 80. Yeah. And you weren't and- specifically looking at those kind of symptoms and outcomes. Yeah exactly that so this one's going to be very specifically looking at at um, menopausal women and seeing if we can reverse some of the the biological aging and also their symptoms yeah which is the most important bit if they feel better
0: (laughs) that sounds fantastic well I very much look forward to to hearing the outcomes of of your clinical trial maybe come back on and tell us all about it and yeah uh, absolutely in sort of I don't know nine months but yeah if anyone's interested in finding out more about your work and about the, the sort of the supplementation side of things if that's something they're interested in I'll make sure that there are some links in the show notes uh, when we're putting this together putting this out and um, yeah you very kindly said that you'll offer the listeners a, a, a discount if they want to give it a try themselves so We'll make sure that that's all included too.
1: If anyone's interested in anything to do with aging, I do a a lot of um, stuff on my Instagram account. So
0: yeah, we'll make (laughs) sure we put that in there too. Nicola, thank you so much for your time. It's absolutely fascinating. And um, it was lovely to chat to you. Thank you. Thanks, Emma. You've been listening to the Middling Along podcast. Do remember to subscribe to be notified when our next episode is live. And why not visit the blog at www.middlingalong.com sign up to my newsletter as well i do hope you enjoyed listening today if you did i'd be really grateful if you would consider leaving a short review as that helps people find the podcast and helps get it noticed hope you can join us next time goodbye for now